Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going on, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Jay Bird Watching, and we are part of the StadiumScene.tv network. Big shout out to Stadium Scene. Big shout out to people that I've been working with for the past oh god four years now. Um, I'm that proud works. to yeah, it's been four years, man. Um, I'm proud to say that um, you know, obviously people that are familiar with my voice and the show know that I used to used to uh, host a podcast called South of the Six. Stadium Scene TV was a big and integral part of the growth of that show. But since ending this, we sort of migrated uh, that partnership to Jay Bird watching. Um, so we appreciate the the partnership. We appreciate uh, the help and the assistance. Um, I'm excited about it, Craig. I'm sure you are too. And this is the the start, I think, of something beautiful for me. Well, we already been doing such a good job, buddy. More and more people we can get involved in this whole thing and just keep running with. It's great, too easy. And not to mention, oh my God, they're friends of yours already. It's like kind of weird that we uh, kind of feel a little bit more official. I feel like I should like put the beer cans away or <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're 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 great. They they're on top of everything. Um, I've had a wonderful relationship with them uh, all this time. Uh, We've had the question. I feel like this is worth addressing. We've had the question of uh, what is changing when it comes to our content. And I'm proud to say nothing. Nothing is changing. Nothing is changing in in terms of the way this is being uh, distributed. Nothing is changing in terms of the way we talk, uh, how we analyze the Jays, how we analyze the game. Anything that you love and everything that you love about uh, JBW is going to stay the way it is. And uh, they are just helping expand our product, expand the show to new audiences. And uh, for that, we are grateful. So uh, make sure you're following them on Twitter, Stadium Scene. Make sure you follow them. They have a lot of great bloggers, podcasters, YouTubers on that uh, network with us. And uh, we couldn't be more proud. So shout out to Stadium C. Best thing is, like you said, we don't have to change anything. Not a thing. <laughs> Not Same a thing. 
terrible barroom shenanigans like you know we're throwing peanuts at the tv if the ball game goes bad for our blue jays and all that kind of good stuff is still going to continue right here and it's going to be a fun time i don't see anything other than that so blue jays fans the ones that have already tuned into the show this evening thank you for a day late because we had you know to let this whole non-tender thing play out just a little bit longer so that's, that's right conversation is going to be this evening because there is a lot of fun and excitement going on in blue jay land possibly with what happened and it's going to be good to see where that goes this evening during our conversation but anyway do you want to mention where our third member of this trio is (laughs) (laughs) i was was gonna say yeah it's probably quite (laughs) obvious that we are missing a member um brendan pennicar uh had to get smuggled away he's a witness protection program we don't know where no i'm kidding um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he had some uh, some personal things to deal with. Everything is okay. Uh, there are no issues. He's healthy. He's fine. Um, he just, I, I don't know how much of this he wants revealed on the show, but uh, let's well, just th- say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's all good stuff, put it that way. And he just had to handle his business. So um, shout out to Brendan. We're going to try to steer the ship uh, in his absence as best as we can. But Craig, you and I, we've had, we've, we're familiar with each other. We've done this before. It should be a breeze. It was at least 40-something times this year. <laughs> I'm saying. And before that, you know? And before, plenty before. Not to mention, the, you know, because of your South of, South of the Six stuff, our previous Jay Journalisms and everything. And then I was actually a Blue Jay writer for you for a little bit. There you go. This, this just became more fun and easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, more, there's more drinks involved. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like you know, we're, the only thing we're missing is the actual ballpark. <laughs> I mean, it's there. It's behind you, and it uh, it's right there for me. Yeah, it, it's sort of there. It's a puzzle. It's there. It's framed. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have we have our ambiance. Which is I love this poster, this fat head that's behind me. Mm. It still murders me every time I look at it just a little bit because if you look closely, Blue Jay fans, if you get your zoom in out, this little guy right here for the jumbotron has Kelly freaking Johnson on. Hey, he was all right. <laughs> he was okay. Yeah, he was no, uh, you know, Roberto. No. <laughs> well, but he sort of had a resurgence, didn't he? Who did he play? Was it was it for Tampa Bay that he had a resurgence? He was Diamond. really right, and then he was the it was the it was a it was a Rayism. It was like how we say that you know Anthony Alford eventually is going to be the best Tampa Bay Ray outfielder like ever or something like that. Yeah. Shout out for the uh, award nomination that he just got too. So, anyways. um hey speaking of stadiums you that's a really good segue let's start there um so it's been revealed um unofficially it's been revealed that yeah that uh the rogers center is uh apparently going to be demolished and rogers is looking to build a brand new stadium either in the same location with uh, other, um, I don't know, architectural ventures <laughs> surrounding them, yeah, or in a different location. Um, the, the issue at hand here is that while Rogers uh, owns the stadium, they are leasing the land. And the land that the stadium is on, I think they have the lease until 2080. Um, so they need permission to build on it and uh that's where this is getting muddy but um look for me this seems to be something that has been in the wheelhouse for a very long time this has been something that has been 
uh, discussed and debated and whether or not this needs some a facelift or an upgrade or a brand new stadium altogether. Um, it's exciting for me because I kind of think this is long overdue. What say ye? I think the fact of actually having a real ball field is overdue. I never had any problem with the actual stadium, though. The fact that playing on a turf is really the only thing I ever had a problem with. And right. they part of that recently with at least doing the infield right. Mm. But <laughs> there's only so many things you can do to that Rogers Center. Wasn't it Paul Beeson's regime that was trying to actually find literally a scientific way to grow grass yes. in the Rogers Center yes. and make a real ballpark and get away from the multi-purpose uh, aspects of the Rogers Center skydome? Yes, yes. And I would have loved that. I really think that would have been the best way to attack it because honestly, I I'm, I would miss it. I'm going to full on miss the ballpark if that is not the way it is anymore. But I see the reasoning 110 billion times over. It is literally the last of a generation of ballparks in Major League Baseball being the multi-purpose and not to mention, regardless of the fact that it was the first retractable dome arena. Mm-hmm. Period. But, but it was really the dying breed. You're talking like it, at that time, it was okay. The Astrodome and the all the other ballparks, the Kingdome, things yes. like that, baseball. Um, and those weren't problems or anything, but that was just how baseball ballparks were seen in the late 80s and 70s. Build the big monster ballpark that we can use for anything. And whether it's the Rolling Stones in town or, you know, you had a soccer game or even like in Toronto having the Argonauts play as long as they did in the Rogers Center Skydome. So, yeah, I can see the reason, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I get the sentimentality of it. There's a certain level of nostalgia. If you go up to 500 levels, you'll still see the Sky Dome logo on the side of the the seats that are up there in the 500 levels. I've seen them. Um, it, it's certainly nostalgic, and it's part of the Toronto skyline, right? You see the dome feature in the Toronto skyline. You can easily pinpoint that's the Rogers Center right next to the CN Tower or the Sky Dome, what have you. Um, for me, I, it is exciting to have an actual baseball field rather than the turf, as you mentioned, um, and that's their goal. Um, and for, all right, first and foremost, if people think that they're, they're going to get rid of this dome aspect altogether, you're dead wrong. You can't have a stadium, baseball or otherwise, outdoor, uh, unless That's it's a CFL scary. stadium. Yes, yes. <laughs> unless it's CFL, um, it, you can't have those types of stadiums where it relies on sunshine in order to play uh, in Toronto and have games being played in uh, late March, early April, and think this can be done without a dome. No, you can't. Um, there's a reason why the dome doesn't open until, I want to say, mid to late May they start opening it. First off, it's expensive, I would assume, to open. Yeah. That's all you're talking about moving for a guy that does controls engineering for an actual living. Yeah. As <laughs> a lot of motor power that you're all of a sudden just pushing around and uh, whatnot. So there's that aspect to it. So in all reality, it might just be that part of it might end up coming up be a wash because any new system that they buy for any kind of a mecha- mechanical thing for the roof, probably it's going to be a lot simpler than the transforming thing that we got going on right now with the Rogers Center. Yeah. And second, it's probably going to be a lot lighter mm. and at least it might not leak. Just saying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or have didn't like ice fall through it or something at one point? 
I, I couldn't remember if it was ice that fell through it or if that was the actual metal sheeting that fell through the the uh, the structure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's well, there you go. It speaks to the, the big pieces of ice. It was a couple winters ago that were falling off the CN Tower and they're in that giant like yes. ice. Yeah. They were just coming off in sheets and landing on the roof. Of course, that's going to break something. Doesn't matter yeah. how well built. That's <laughs> you can only engineer for so much. But and it's it's long overdue. You mentioned a fun point though, because yeah, if they, I really do not see a point where they would ever go away from having a dome ballpark. They Are can't. you going to do something into a point where it's got to be more open air, a la Safeco Field, or are you going to have to get something that's more almost like see through, so that the sun actually can, you know, get to the grass because Kinda of that like, whole. Like, like uh, Arizona that does that for the football stadiums, or is that the one they literally wheel the grass out? They do that. <laughs> In Arizona, um, because they they um they use the different grass for the Cardinals and to, for their college team, but uh, I think more like Dallas, like Dallas Cowboys Stadium, they have the big sunshine uh, shining through. Um, That's cool on the roof, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I think um, I think the Minnesota Vikings is now made of glass all around. I'm not sure. Which is kind of like what the uh, Milwaukee Brewers ballpark is. The whole yeah. One outfield wall is all glass, and it actually the way it opens too. It's really cool. It's almost like you know walking out in your like living room or something like that and be able to open the balcony up. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some really cool things I'm sure they'll figure out for that because I just don't see a way out of that because you know what it is regardless of the fact that it's gonna be a ballpark first. Yeah. Band like the Foo Fighters or somebody are gonna show up and like, hey, you know, let's ha- have a concert in Toronto and they're gonna want to do it somewhere cool like that. Yes. You know? whatever happens, it's going to end up being something that's similar to what happened when the Sky Dome actually opened. That was a sight to be seen. Come on. WrestleMania was there. Every yes. over the years. And uh, any big act has been there. And honestly, I saw the Foo Fighters a few years ago there. And it was an epic show. I was in the 500 levels, drunk off my ass, hung out with Brendan before the show. It was a great time. <laughs> Bro, the, the first Raptors game was at the Sky Dome. It was. Um, the first you know. NBA was played there too i forget who it was they were showing that on uh twitter the other day somebody had the uh feed going of like what was your best rogers center memory <laughs> really <laughs> i can find that while we're uh discussing here but there was a lot of things like hulk hogan fought the rock at wrestlemania like 22 or something like that yeah event it was just crazy things like that but there was yeah there was a Kinds of things like that that I never, you know, I remember when I was a kid, my parents took me to see Phil Collins there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so things like that. But like I said, any big act you can think of played at that ballpark. It's arena. not just that. Yeah, yeah, it's not just that. It's, you know, when when you break it down to a baseball level, first of all, um, there are a lot of moving parts when it comes to this. But let's if we fast forward to when if and when the stadium is actually built, right, let's say by 2025. The stadium is done and everything's all worked out. They have the the space and the real estate to do it, period, end story. You know within the following five years. So this is done in 2025. By 2030, Toronto's having another All-Star game. Yeah. 100%. Honestly, I don't know how they haven't had that to begin with anyway. Regardless of the the quickly aged part of this ballpark. Because I'm sorry to say it, I think the one of the Blue Jays' old management people said the best online the other day during all this. I saw he said that he goes, I loved our ballpark. I love every aspect of it. And then the following year, I went to Camden Yards. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, that just changed everything. Of course, yeah. You know, and how many All Star games have they had there? Just one, right? Just the one in '91. Yeah. That was the one. Um, my dad went to, and this is a funny story because I have to mention it because I have the ball right here in front of me. He went to the home run derby and everything with my uncle and a bunch of people and uh, came back and he goes, hey, I got you something. It was just the all-star game ball. Nice. <laughs> so a few years ago, Joe Carter happened to be here in town in Rochester for Blue Jays night at the, at the Rochester Red Wings mm. because they're in the Buffalo Bisons. Joe Carter was here signing autographs and I got, told him, my, my dad got to see you in the 91 all-star game and all he did was bring me this baseball and he got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> nice. I didn't give it back to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you brought up Rochester, and I think this is uh, a nice, again, a nice segue, segue points for you, Craig. When it comes to this, to this rebuild, you got to imagine Buffalo is now on the mind um, for uh, a, a temporary home for the Blue Jays for however long it takes. Because if they're going to demolish the Rogers Center, let's say all things go according to plan. Because I think ideally Rogers wants to have this new stadium in the same space. Um, and they'll, they'll knock down. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No, it's going to, it'd be horrible to ruin that area town with just an empty ballpark or not putting something that epic right back in its place. That is easy. No, you traveled like I have all over the country and everything and done that and seen all kinds of different shapes and sizes of ballparks. That is literally one of the best locations I've ever been to in any ballpark. Yeah. And Stephen's saying something for some of my favorite ballparks I've been to. Milwaukee Brewers, Miller Park, that is one of my favorite baseball stadiums I've ever been to. But guess what? It's just the stadium in that area. There That's is it. nothing. Citizen Bank in Philadelphia for the Phillies, same thing. It's like, okay, guess what? You're in the area of Philly that there's four arenas. That's all that's there. Yeah, it's like a quad, on right? Monster bar. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so. The fact that you're literally living and breathing Toronto in that area, that city, and then you get to go see a Blue Jay game, lights out. Yeah. So you got to build it on the same area. And you so you figured that's going to take probably about a year or two, maybe three, to get it just right. Um, and so in the meantime, I mean, they could play in various locations in Canada. Maybe they, I, I don't know how well Exhibition's doing right now. Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to play there for a full season if I'm the Blue Jays or the opponents. So if Buffalo is on the table, or we'll start right there. Do you think it's a realistic possibility that this team could play a full 162 for numerous years in Buffalo? Because bear in mind, if they do that, that's bad news for the Bisons. Very bad news because in all reality, it's going to end up pushing them aside or having the weirdest schedules for both teams in the in, the, in baseball. Right. Period. But um, I honestly, after and what we've talked about on this show many a time, I don't see this COVID thing going away quick enough where I don't think the Blue Jays are going to have anything but the option of playing somewhere else like Buffalo. And I think if this is even going to continue, we saw what they did for a temporary season mm. to Buffalo. It would not shock me if the like, – like, let's say that right now the Blue Jays said that they were going to play in Buffalo. I would think the city of Buffalo would pour money into that ballpark to help them get something better going on in that ballpark. Right. And if they – now there's even a hint of this fact that it's going to be because of also because of a renovation to the actual major ballpark in Toronto, I think they're going to sign right up. They just re renewed their um, affiliation with the team. 
And honestly, I would imagine that it was even lights out more because of what happened over this past year and how that relationship was only strengthened with yeah. that more or less the Niagara Falls region of both of our countries. Yeah. So. I, I would assume that Buffalo would be on the short list of definite locations. Um, to me, it just makes more sense that way. Again, I, I don't know what they would necessarily do with the Bisons. Maybe, uh, like you said, it would um, be a weird schedule dance. Or maybe the Blue Jays would have multiple homes. And again, if if we're talking two, three years, I'm hoping, and I think you know this is the assumption, in two years from now, maybe this whole COVID thing, it probably won't be on the radar. That you'll probably see crowds again and whatnot. And in that regard, yeah, in, in that regard, say two years from now, and assuming stadium construction is underway, um, maybe you'll have crowds there and you'll be able to do the song and dance. And look, that's a really good thing for the economy of Buffalo. You could potentially be having baseball games all the time, <laughs> all the time baseball, and that attracts a lot of people. Yeah. Especially if I'm still going to be able to work remote. I'm just going to freaking find a place to live there. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just park park your chair right in the outfield or behind it and just chill with your computer. I have family in Buffalo. I'm sure we can get the JBW team, to, you know, some uh, room and board for you know helping to mow the lawn and. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So, but you brought up that that point, and I just really think that something's going to have to happen because it, regardless of the fans not being able to go to a ball game right now. And probably for the foreseeable, at least a good part of the year, unless something drastic changes and the vaccine thing actually works. Would which, you say at least half the season? I don't see how it isn't anything, but at least till the all-star break. Why, gotcha, why yeah. break up is good at this point. It's not, yeah, it sucks, but at least then that gives them time to sell tickets, all that other kind of stuff. And you don't have to worry about things like that. They're going to love to have people all season for all 162. I just don't see how the logistics of that fall in the line right proper right now and it's not like people are lining up down the street right now to buy blue jays season tickets because they don't know even if there's gonna be a season right right which i don't think is gonna be a problem because it worked well for 60 so i figure at least they got a short seat <laughs> oh i mean at least there's not going to be any games in toronto because the border's still closed and that's at least that's that's pretty indefinite yeah, and I don't think that matters who's in office on either side of the board, personally. I think that's just how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. I don't see that changing quickly. Yeah. Um, all right, so let, yeah. let, let's... Yeah. Uh, I, um, I forgot what I was going to say now. I was going to mention the fact that also on the fact that the Buffalo Bisons, let's say they do get bumped out of Buffalo because the Blue Jays are there. Yeah. We have already seen the more or less where I live. Blue Jays were playing here in Rochester, the extra 30 guys already. Mm. So maybe there is, it's close enough that maybe some of the home games for the Buffalo Bisons are here in Rochester. When the, the now new Rochester Red Wings, Washington Nationals affiliate is not playing. I'm sure that that would have to be where the schedule stuff, because they're not, they're, it's an hour apart. It really isn't too bad. If you had to do it, they would probably do that more for the minor league team. I would think to get over the hurdle and make sure there's still a minor league season because I can tell you right now, I, there's already a lot of people very happy here in Rochester that the Nationals are in town over the Twins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me throw this out at you, uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. We just lost the Paw Sox, bro. We got a full stadium not right. being used. Right. I mean, it's, it's relatively new, but it's not being used. 
right? So, look, if worse comes to worse, if Rochester is like, yo, Buffalo, you can't play here. We're too packed with the Red Wings. Come down to Pawtucket. Come down to Rhode Island. You have a full stadium. That's the it's other not fun far. whole thing. There is going to be a lot of vacant minor league baseball seats. Unfortunately. Yeah. Very near future. And we've already been hearing the rumblings about what the Blue Jays affiliates are going to look like. And um, for our friend Zach Helton, it kind of sounds like the Bluefield Blue Jays, unfortunately, are just yeah. all done. Along with that whole wonderful, you know, Appalachian League. That was a great damn time. But unfortunately, that might be the story for a lot of minor league baseball teams this year. They're already talking about changing the fact that the Dunedin Blue Jays might be a regular single A team. Really? Happen. Of yeah. course, they, a plus. It just seems really weird to me, unless they're literally thinking about because of everything else going on, restructuring that the fact that the whole Florida State League mm. is going to level. And then they were talking about flipping it so that the Midwest League is the advanced day. So our friends at the Lansing Lugnuts. Yeah. It was really weird when I read that the other day. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> on here. Because to me, they get to play longer in Florida. Yeah. So you would think that would be the extended, the advanced level. Yeah. Well, but, it, but both leagues are always very, very competitive. So I, I wouldn't see that being a big change for either. Unfortunately, this going, is it's going where? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a blessing in disguise. Like, obviously, you don't want to see these minor league teams suffer. But at the same time, it's going to open up ball fields. Uh, this may uh, give the Blue Jays options, thereby giving Buffalo options or New Hampshire or whatever down the line. Um, to close up on this on this new stadium talk, though, is there anything in particular besides real grass, besides dirt, um, just in terms of, I don't know, the... Uh, the spoils of a new stadium. Is there anything in particular that you would see? We agree it's going to be in a dome. We agree that maybe it's a new high tech a la Safeco field. Um, maybe they're grass, dirt, whatever. What are you looking for in this new stadium? I'm going to continue to preach the conversation that Ian Hunter and I were goofing around with and cup holders, cup holders, cup holders. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sent it after he, wrote that in his article. I sent him a message on uh, Twitter and uh, I said, why is this a problem? And I had a guy carrying like pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty gear signs and he was looking around. <laughs> yeah. what do I do these? You know how it is. We all go to the ballpark and you come back with four beers, two in each hand. And yeah. then you're like, yeah. Where am I putting it? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I got this <laughs> down the hatch. Yeah. But some things like that. Are, I, I really, I don't think there's anything that the current ballpark doesn't have amenity wise. So at least compared to my, my other travels, I don't really care about do you have a kid's area. The addition of the flight deck was key. I really hope that they keep some kind of a giant, like God, kind area. Of, you know, yeah. like, exactly. I wouldn't, I, I really wish I knew what it was like during a game where the ballpark was sold out on the flight deck and just having a, just a rager while the game was going on. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that was like during the bat flip. I really can't. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do want it to be an enclosed dome just because I don't want to lose the dome field advantage that I feel like we've had since Yes. Then. Yeah. I agree. That is epic. <laughs> yeah. During a good um, there during the bat flip, but I was there during the first major opportunity that Troy Tulowinski had, just like you were. Yes. <laughs> that, yes. At bat. I guess Mariano Rivera and I was on the uh, the lower level 
by the third base foul pole. And it's that area of the ballpark for a football game where it actually rotates out. So it's all yeah. and hollow underneath. <laughs> just feeling everything shaking through you. It's just insane. Because everybody was on for it was like a 22 pitch at bat. Yes. Something like that. It was insane. And then he unfortunately ends up dribbling it to third, but yeah. That's what it is. Hey, it was still- I, yeah. <laughs> I would like to see uh some craft beer, some good beer there. Um I oh, what, you like- Budweiser when you're in Canada? Ah, no. I get that here. <laughs> I'll take some blues, though. I mean, I know it, blues is available where you are. It's not really readily available here. But That's if I'm good. in... Yeah, if I'm in... If you got the Zubas cans, I'll take those. Um, oh, I'll see if I can find some. I think I might have... <laughs> I, I might have a couple over here, just like my 93 World Series beer can. That's the last nice. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ari Shapiro was daring me to drink that if we won in 2015. And if we won in 2015, I would have gladly put that on a Twitter video. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, at that point. Yeah. Um, that's all. I, I don't really care about any of the other amenities. I, I'm with you. It's all that stuff is gravy. Just keep it in the downtown area, make it accessible, uh, make it safe, make it, uh, you know, sort of even around uh, the diamond when it comes to, um, no, I don't, I don't like the pesky pole or the triangle at Fenway. Just, just make it even. One thing I've been hearing a lot of people goof around with on Twitter and Ian actually said the same one too, was, um, lower the fence, get it to okay. a normal fence height. Yeah. Even if that means to push it back four or five feet, whatever it is, you don't have is legendary as some of those Kevin Pilar catches and obviously the catch yes. on white. Um, that is a really weird height for a wall. <laughs> a really, really weird height. And unless you're doing something like you're doing at Fenway Park with the Green Monster or something odd, yeah. there's no real reason for it or rhyme to it. That was just literally how they could get the not every ball to go out of the Rogers Center. At right. The time they, I don't. And that was the difference. Because you know how it is. As soon as yeah. those seats out, there's the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, we uh, at Kansas City asked them, asked the dude that reached his glove over the wall to catch oh. that. Should have been home run, right? Mm. I sure shit hope they keep that idea at least, where the fan seats on the outfield wall are above the bullpens. Yeah, something they're gonna do anything on the outfield wall. It'll be interesting to see because I think if they end up doing something where they're gonna have to grow real grass, they're gonna have to have open air somewhere, which sucks because I love sitting on the outfield wall of those ball. Games. Yes, yeah, something really really cool about having that aspect and that vision for the game. Um, there's only been a few other ballparks that I've been gone to that have that, you know, that ridiculous view and Milwaukee being one of them, they have the bleachers out in left and right field. And then it's the, you know, the big scoreboard in center. Right. But um, those are the kind of things that add a lot of flavor to a ballpark. And not to mention if you're somebody that does go to the ballpark, those little different, t- you know, feels from sitting here, sitting there, not always being in the same orientation for a ball game can help. And I would think for season ticket holders, they would love to have that, be able to hop around the seats and do some things like that to get that different feel. Because you know how it yeah. was, especially in the Depression years and the Angry Birds and stuff. That ballpark was pretty empty. You could just kind of move around wherever the hell you want. <laughs> always. Always. You, <laughs> you pay for the shittiest seats. Nine, yeah, we used to drive up and just go get the $9 seats. And, exactly. Uh, where, Go wherever. <laughs> yep. All right. Hey. Good times. Um, all right. Let's uh let's let's get away from the stadium and talk about one of the voices 
of the stadium. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about Wilner. Um, not very popular uh, among the diehard Blue Jays fans, I would say. Um, some call him a Rogers apologist. Some call him uh, rather condescending. Some have called him um, just not just stubborn to the bone. Um, I don't want to hate on him. And I, and I know a lot of people, you know, like I said, don't like him. I don't want to hate on him. Um, I don't know the circumstances surrounding why he was let go or why they, you know, broke off the relationship, him and Rogers, him and Sportsnet rather. Um, but I don't like to see anybody lose their livelihood. Uh, I just don't. And I, I don't personally have any gripes with him, uh, when it comes to how he called games, I didn't mind it. I really didn't. Um, I like the enthusiasm when a big moment happened. He had a, a nice tone to his voice in that regard. Um, but when it came to his post game blue Jays talk, I can understand why people were frustrated with his takes. Um, you know, the whole it's not over yet. Wilnerism where they're they're clearly eliminated, but mathematically they're not. So according to him, there's still a chance. Obviously, that's true. But in re- reality, it's not. Um, are you surprised by one of the lo- most loyal Rogers employees for or Sportsnet employees um, has now been released or let go or the, the relationship has severed? Uh, are you surprised by this? I was honestly wondering why this didn't happen a few years ago. They brought really? They brought Ben Wagner in, and then I feel like they didn't know what to do with Ben Wagner there for a bit because they had Wilner. So I thought that you mentioned the timing of all this whole thing, and I immediately put my you know conspiracy theory hat on. Here. Yeah, yeah. A little weird that the stadium news came out, and then five seconds later, Wilner was gone. You think he leaked it? I'm wondering. So he doesn't seem it, like a leaker. He doesn't seem like that either, but it, it, it's just one of those things that see why the same day. Mm. If you were going to, if you were going to let him go and you had that other news story that went out on a day where you didn't really want it to come out. It sounds yeah. like, because as we would have heard, heard something official, I think from the team, other than the uh, rumblings that we've gotten from, you know, beat writers and everything like people like us goofing around and talking. Yeah. But, um, it just seemed rather odd to me struck me is that but i'm not i'm not saying that and please don't freaking quote me sure, <laughs> yeah one of those things that seemed weird because if you were going to fire him and anything unless something odd happened to the point where there was all of a sudden a sour note could have got let him go gracefully or something like that call a couple games in spring training and it's let him step aside or something like that instead it's gone. yeah <laughs> so, you would assume I, that when you love the fact that Ben Wagner is going to get a little bit more out of this deal, though, being the Buffalo, you know, yeah. <laughs> of the way he calls a game. I, to me, he, I think you hit the nail on the head during the game. I didn't mind Wilner because of the enthusiasm, but after and all the round, I had a little bit of like, really, that's the opinion. I don't feel like that's all of it. Kind of yeah. like over it <laughs> or just jumping right to the point. Um, where I do feel like Ben Wagner, knowing him and meeting him a few times, I feel like he is always that enthusiastic and he's just a class act and run, he'll run away with that job and he's going to probably hold on to it for years. I really think there was just a, uh, I think there was a dynamic thing there that they didn't know what to do with. And they're Mm -hmm. trying to drag in more Blue Jay fans or keep existing Blue Jays fans happy. Maybe it was just as simple as that. 
where mm. I think, you know, obviously this could be just a changing of the guard thing. And since uh, Jerry, they really haven't had anything too consistent. Even with Wilner and Wagner back and forth, it was who's taking these innings today. It felt like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, with, uh, so the rumors are that Jerry, um, didn't really like Wilner and it was mutual because, uh, I guess Tom cheek didn't really like Jerry. Um, I, I don't and down hate things. Well, (laughs) Wilner was a, it was widely influenced by cheek. And, uh, obviously that was a bond that they had. Cause I guess he helped, uh, Wilner through his initial, uh, tenureship. Um, yeah, and I guess by proxy, that means they had some heat, and when he went, he being Jerry, retired, um, I think the assumption maybe by a lot of people, and again, this is all speculation, this is not anything official, um, I at least I was assuming that Wilner was going to be the guy, because at this point, Wagner wasn't there, and then I heard about Wagner coming up, and I said, okay, there's, there must be something to this there must be something up and you know you still have Siddle um calling some plays yeah and I like him I like Siddle I think he's got a good uh grasp of the game um it's just to me I always considered Wilner an apologist I always considered him someone that would always have company first he was a company man um and they let him go and to me that's like no one is fucking safe anymore (laughs) no one I can't get into what you're, you're putting down on that. It's like, okay, well, if he's the one that was more or less just not saying anything ever against the grain. Yeah. Somebody does go against the grain. What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> like if he's a, and you got to imagine, yeah, you got to imagine that TSN or is it T, yeah, TSN or TNN? He's going to be working probably with JPR and CB on Yahoo Sports in a week. Or that, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, they're, they're chomping at the bit to have him shoot on Rodgers. So to me, this is just, it's surprising, but at the same time, I like the idea of having new voices there, younger voices. And to me, this also sort of signifies that maybe it's just a matter of time before we're going to get maybe new television uh, play-by-play guys. Um, Who knows? Like this is a start from, got to start somewhere kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can hear you. I can see exactly where you're going on that. And I think this is where, in the midst of the Blue Jays trying to re-shape their, reshape their image with these young mm. players as anything else. So it yeah. really wouldn't shock if that literally is the full-on and only reason. I just thought it was really odd timing with some of this stuff. I agree. Um, well, and maybe... Again, like, hey, you know what? We don't have enough money. We want to put it on the field. Sorry, one announcer. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Exactly. Um, all right, well, let me, uh, let me, let me hand the microphone over to you because I know this has been something that you wanted. Well, you and I and Brendan have had a lot of conversations about Springer. So why don't, why don't you just take over when That's it comes to the, on the agenda? So uh, you let me do my, my shitting on everything. <laughs> well, look, I had the first two. Now you can get the next two and we'll call it a show. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so anyway. Where it, it, only if Brendan was here to make sure that this divider on the screen kept us apart on the screen. Uh, hey, hey. <laughs> so anyway, on that note, Blue Jays fans, all of you have been hearing that the Blue Jays are not only interested, 
but they had been having extended talks with George Springer, which would lead one to believe that he is at least contemplating the idea that, hey, you know what? Toronto could be in my future. It sounds very, very possible. That must mean that the offer is on the table, at least enough to the point where, you know, got the worm on the hook and you're trying to drag the fish in. (laughs) So, Brendan, or not Brendan, (laughs) Adam, in the midst of this, are you shocked by hearing this? I get that it's exciting, the fact that we're uh, bringing in somebody that is a high-tier free agent if this lands, but is this... I know you will agree that this is a good move for the Blue Jays, and obviously I'll let you do that, and we'll talk back and forth here. <laughs> um, am I surprised to answer your first question that uh, he's considering it? Yes. I'm not surprised that the Blue Jays were pursuing it. Um, and if George Springer is legitimately considering Toronto, because we've seen the progression, as you've alluded to, the progression of, oh, they have interest. Oh, they have serious interest. Oh, they've done more than just talk. Um, we went from dipping the toe in the water to he's at least knee deep in and, you know, <laughs> thinking yeah. about committing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And for me, it's just like that money must be good. The money and the contract offer must be good for some, uh, A, perhaps the most high-profile free agency free agent rather in the class of 20, uh, 2020, 2021, um, to consider seriously Toronto. And that's not shit, shitting on Toronto at all. That's uh, but we know how difficult it is for Toronto to sign free agents. We just um, talked about one of the major reasons why. Exactly. Hopefully in the near future. Here, but. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully, um, the contract offer is good. If I were a betting man, in order for it to be good and for someone like George Springer to consider it, it wouldn't shock me if we're looking at a six-year deal. I think it has to be. Yeah. I really, I don't think the five-year would get it done for him right now. I think the biggest thing is we are competing with the Mets. Yeah. And the Mets have all of a sudden an extra $24 million to throw a brick of money at somebody with this year with mm-hmm. the Robinson drama. Um, not to mention their new management group is going to want to come in and make a splash. They still don't have a GM though. Still don't, but I don't care what is going on. Cohen might just be like, you know what? I don't need a GM to sign George Springer. Yeah. When you're, you're talking about a guy that like, like you said, he is the best available free agent on the market. If you, that honestly, if Cohen makes that move, that could be the reason he actually gets the GM he wants. Yeah. That's, a, that's the same thing as what we were talking about with trying to get other free agent ball players to come to Toronto. You get somebody like him that is the big fish that just shows that every general manager out there that you got the backing of somebody that is serious about winning a World Series. So, I mean, anyway. so, so flip that to Toronto, though. If we sign him, are we serious about winning a World Series now? I think we're already serious. If we're already in the, even in the pond here with even talking to him and it is getting serious... They want to make this team as good as next season, period. There's no prime or reason other than that to me. So if you're talking about signing the best free agent on the market, they want to win, and they want to win now. So it's a lot of money to be investing in a guy for, even if they were doing the five-year deal. Mm. So, And correct me if I'm wrong, he'll be 31 yes. at the end of the season. So yes. I learned from LLB the show, man. I never sign a guy after 30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is prime years, though. For, like, think of 
Edwin, think of Jose, think of, uh, these are prime years for an outfielder. If it was an infielder I, with a little bit more tread on the tires, I'd be a little weary, but it's an outfielder. And the big thing with Springer is he is insanely athletic. Yeah. So worst case scenario, what's the, what is he becomes your everyday left fielder instead of center fielder? Yeah. I don't see him ever being the guy that's a DH only unless he's all of a sudden can't stay on the field. Which, with his history, I don't see that being an issue. He's been no. on the field, period. No. So I think the Blue Jays know what they're investing here, and they know what they'll get. Hence the reason, throw money at it, get us a guy that's worth it, period. Right? So, I agree with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side of the coin, I, I made it abundantly clear that I can't, I can't reward him for being a part of that team with the Astros. And I don't care what his level of involvement was. To me, this is the same thing as if you were going to sign a Alex Rodriguez or a Manny Ramirez, whoever it might be, after you knew they were cheating. Mm. So Red Sox didn't know Manny was juicing at the time they picked him, or allegedly didn't know he was juicing. <laughs> right. Throw a brook of money at him, found out after the fact. All right, whatever. They did the right thing and let traded him off to the Dodgers on barely anything after that. Manny would. (laughs) um, The Blue Jays have had a history of uh, not having, they've had some players that have had problems on it, but really the only guy I can think of off the top of my head, Adam, is the fact is that Melky Cabrera, they dumpster dove and got two solid years out of him. Yes. After he was caught in San Francisco with steroids, everybody else has been, you know, after the fact, the Chris Cobellos of the world and everybody like that. I don't know. It, that part of this this whole thing scares me for a general management group that is preaching culture, culture, teamwork, all this other stuff above and beyond everything else. And you're talking about, like I said, he could be the coolest, nicest guy on the planet. I don't know. But the problem is I feel like I'm rewarding my child for stealing or something like that. Mm. Same with- <laughs> I don't want to bring that into my clubhouse and watch it become a like a Shea Hill and Brand ship is sinking bullshit all over again or <laughs> whatever other drama that you can inject into what, in my opinion right now, is already a team that can win. I think we are a couple key acquisitions like Springer away from being a serious, serious contender. But some of the other guys we're going to talk about here in a minute, I think might be a better spend than George Springer. If I had a crystal ball, and I could look through it and I said, by signing Springer to a six-year deal, you're guaranteed one World Series clean. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. I feel like I'm making a deal. I would take it. I would take it. I would take it. I think the biggest problem is right now, I also think that we can do it, get there without Springer. I really do. And maybe it's just because we also just saw a plethora of guys just dump yes. out of nowhere onto the freaking free agent market. And I'm honestly, I don't remember a non-tender deadline that has the names on it. That just happened. I really yeah. don't. So you want to add anything on Springer before we dive into that? Yeah. Real list? quick. If you, uh, if you had to guess if it was a six year deal, how much do you think it is? Uh, I'd be shocked if it's like not in the 30 ballpark per year. 30 per. Yeah. I really would. Because just because of who's involved in the competing for getting him and the other people that need a quality center fielder like him, or 
teams like the Red Sox that just want to start over and start over quick. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people in on the George Springer sweepstakes. And I think a lot of people, Blue Jays included, even with the non-tenders, feel like the outfield market is very thin mm. through free agency anyway. Yeah. So there's obviously some plenty of room through trades, it seems like, all of a sudden, too. So we'll see where this whole thing goes. But it really wouldn't shock me that the Blue Jays are actually full on in. And it wouldn't shock me right now, from what we're hearing, that he is the starting center fielder come 2021. And I, like I said, I will not complain about it. It's, I'm just scared. It's really right. my ballpark right now is. So. All right. Uh, that's all I have to say about it. Okay. So we want to get back to our, <laughs> shop, our show title here. Of yeah. I attender. <laughs> We're going to the, the meat and potatoes. Go ahead. In the meat and potatoes. So anyway, there yesterday was the Major League Baseball non-tender date. So for anybody that is not aware of what that date means to baseball, that means this is the I must sign whoever back to a contract if they aren't arbitration eligible. If they're arbitration eligible, they have a, I think until next week or something like that. There's, it's a good week different, I can't yep. recall, um, to either offer arbitration to a player or flat out sign. Right. So the non-tender tender deal is, like I said, they have to offer a contract to them to basically keep them on the roster or the player gets a chance to go to a free agency a couple of years early is really what it boils down to. The names on yesterday's team's list that didn't get tender. Let's talk Blue Jays first. AJ Cole and Travis Shaw do not get to come back to Toronto, at least on the contract that they had. Right, exactly. This coming season. And in all reality, it wouldn't shock me if they bring AJ Cole back on a regular cheap, maybe even a minor league deal even, because I don't think if COVID happened and this is short game season, he honestly would have had as good of a chance of making right. this roster. But it happened and he actually did really well. Other than the inning, he probably shouldn't have been out on the mound anyway. We already talked about that extensively. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yep. So, um, are you shocked by the Blue Jays' decisions here by letting go, at least for the time being, like I mentioned, Shaw and AJ Cole? Cole was a little bit more shocking to me than Shaw. Um, Shaw, I don't want to say he didn't meet expectations because the expectations were quite low for him coming in. Um, And I I just thought he was there for a veteran uh, piece and just sort of a prove-it deal for him. Um, No, Cole was the more shocking one. And, you know, I, I, I think the more interesting part of the whole Shaw being non-tendered is the fact that uh, I think it was uh, Atkins that said they can really see Cavan play third, um, which is... I know we moved around with that idea on the show a little bit, but that yeah. was... What? Officially, that was really odd to see. So, <laughs> to me, that makes me think... It gets my wheels turning, because first of all, that means maybe they... Maybe that's a way to motivate Vladdy. Maybe to say, oh, you know, third base is up for grabs. And maybe that motivates Vladdy because Vladdy has been outspoken about saying, I want to be the everyday third baseman and I want to earn that position back. Okay, cool. Um, But let's just say they sort of want to, you know, sort of reshape things. They put Kevin at third. Okay, well, who's playing second? Well, maybe they have a good idea that if they get Lindor, maybe Bo will play second. It's not the most outrageous thing, and if that's the case, that's a pretty solid infield right there. 
that's slightly ridiculous. Yeah. And the fact that like that that would if something like that that happened, do I still throw the brick of money at George Springer? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just if I'm gonna already make it that much more ridiculous anyway, why not keep that in town? Yeah. Um. I also was wondering because if it came down to me picking between Bichette and Biggio to move to third, I would I'll pick a think I'm leaning. Yeah, exactly. Just because he's got the rifle for an arm. Yeah. I and um, not to mention the range that he shows that short. Yeah. I think would translate to just one of the best left field sides of baseball. Even if you put in a like they were talking about in Gene Segura. Mm. As but I would think if they Blue Jays brought in Gene Segura, he will be playing short or second base all day every day. I yes. really don't think there's anything different than that. And that would be the one thing that would push that over. So that was the other random rumor that came up yesterday and it, it solidifies into that same conversation we were just talking about with this Kevin Biggio thing. What do you think of a bounce back candidate like Gene Segura in lieu of not being able to get one of these other guys we had mentioned to one of the big fish on the market he had a really good year a few years ago. Um, and, uh, if, yeah. If it's just like a reclamation project and the, the contract is an outrageous, I'm down. Um, Oh God, his name escapes me. We we talked. He played for the for the Jays two years ago, and we traded him to Milwaukee. Um, uh Squints. Oh yeah, Sogard. Yes, yeah. If it's something like that, obviously it's not going to be a league minimum because that's what we signed Sogard for. It's not going to be a league minimum deal for Segura. But if we can get him on a cheap deal, and it's sort of a he plays that VR position or that VR role that he was traded for to play yeah until he you know fucked around um sure i have no issue with depth man i i I would not like it to be taken away from someone like Kevin or bo depending on the position aspect but um if it's just for depth sure yeah it just shocks me that they're even thinking about this because when i and this has nothing to do with kevin's dad and craig biggio Mm -hmm. being a second baseman kevin biggio can play baseball anywhere he wants on this diamond. Yes. I, it would not shock me. It's just something about his make moves, his, you know, how he gets to the baseball and everything. He cuts the ball perfect for me at second base. And yes. just looks crisp. He looks like he belongs there. I know we didn't, I, a lot of this could just be literally repetition. Those games he played at third base just seemed out of place. It didn't seem like he was doing good or bad or anything weird like that, but it was just, this didn't look like the fit. I have a third baseman mindset in my head. And I'm trying to get a guy that plays third base all day, every day. Let's say I'm scouting. I just wouldn't pick current day Kevin Biggio as a third base. Unless he's uh, literally yeah. spent all, all spring training doing nothing but third base. And I still wonder if he'd get. I would agree. I, I think that when you're talking about him as an everyday third baseman, it gets kind of peculiar. But if we're talking about what I liked about Kevin, and I know everybody that's watching and listening knows he's my man crush Monday here. But when it comes to Kevin, what I liked about him is outside of second base, which I feel is his more natural position. um, He could adequately fill in here and there on other days in other positions. Right. So uh, you're right. He's not going to wow you. at third. Yes. As a villain, he's not going to wow you at third. But if, say, Vladdy needs a day off or whoever is playing third base needs a day off, you can rely on him to 
adequately fill in that spot at third base and not have to like clench your teeth every time there's a ground ball hit to him. He'll he'll hold his own. Same thing in yeah. the outfield. He played any position that was asked of him without hesitation, without a fuss. And that's what yeah. makes me like him so much is that he can adequately do it. He's like diet Ben Zobris. Right, he's not he's not at that level yet where he can play almost any I position. Kind of, yeah, someday, any day. Here's yes, I really that's what I'm thinking. And so, if, if he could, if he's going to be the primary third baseman, I have issues. My, if I if I had to take Kevin Biggio off second base, if I had to, let's mm-hmm. say I brought in the best second baseman in baseball history, and I needed a place to put Kevin Biggio, I would think I'm putting him in the outfield, outfield. ten billion times over, quicker. Or even maybe first base because he's actually a really tall second base. Yeah, I'd stick him in center first. <laughs> I really think that he would stick in center pretty well. He's yeah. not going to be the guy that runs down like every crazy ball like a gazelle like Jonathan Davis in center field. But he's going to get to every freaking ball you need him to get to. And he'll play and the position gonna... well. Exactly. And he has an like, arm that would carry well in center. I have some issues with him playing right because of his arm. And I, I would, if we didn't have Lourdes Gurriel Jr., I would put him in left field all day every day. I really wouldn't even think about it. And I've always wondered how much of that equation is actually going to ever move Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s cannon of our arm to right field. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some weird moving parts here. But let, before we dive into a whole sure, show's sure, sure. work at Vigio here, let's talk where some of these other moving pieces could go here, Adam. Sure. And I don't how much of you dove into this list of the actual full names on the non-tender list. Have you really dove into it? Because there's some other guys other than who we were texting back and forth yesterday on that are really, I was like, oh, crap, really? <laughs> uh, I took a look at the list, and uh, the majority of them don't excite me, but the ones that we were talking about in our in our group text, I was, I was thinking to myself, this could be a solid fit, um, but I don't necessarily think they're game changers. But they're definitely solid fits. Um, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if there's um, anyone in particular you want to talk what about. What we didn't talk about that I was kind of, especially with all this third base talk and everything, and this guy was notorious for destroying the Yankees in any time the Phillies happened to come to town. And that's Mikhail Franco. Mm. Played with the Royals at the end of the season last year. Didn't really find himself there. But we, we know I've seen what this guy can do in Philly. And he's only 28. Young, yes. He's good defensive third base. He's a good, solid class act of a player, too. Team player from everything I've read. And honestly, right now, if let's say this stuff kind of fizzles out for the Blue Jays and some of these trade moves or anything, I think this is a guy you could bring in that will have just wreak havoc on the American League East. I really, really think that he would be a comeback of the year level player coming into the Toronto and I don't know if I could say that for some other ballparks that he could play or teams he could be playing with. There's something about that fit that just screams picking up Justin smoke for nothing Mm. to me. (laughs) So, but maybe that's just my opinion on it. What do you think? Have you seen Mikel Franco enough to know that he at least butchers the Yankees? Yes. Yeah. And look, if it's a reclamation project kind of thing, I don't have an issue with it. Um, this is one of those low risk, high reward kind of contracts, much like the Sogard uh, contract that I referenced earlier. But I obviously think that uh, Franco would get more money 
then then that it wouldn't be a league minimum. I think he's going to get a major league baseball starting salary. I don't yes. think he's going to be brought into any team to be a bench player. But like I said, if you don't have another third baseman, and this is we're three weeks out from spring training and he's still available, that raises the Blue Jays' floor and actually could give us some better defense and some offensive pop and keep everybody where they're at, not moving mm. people around the diamond is my worry. Like like making the Kevin Biggio thing happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his, his fan graph page, and they have him estimated or projected to be just under two wins. Um, I... I if it's a if it's a one and one deal, kind of approve it a one and an option. Sure, sure. I think that's exactly where he's going to have to because he's in that ballpark right now. You remember when um, was it Dexter Fowler signed yes. with the uh, Cubs? Yeah, right? that contract that he got with them. I really think that he would be in that same kind of mold mm. that you're hoping he's got to bet on himself for a year. Yes, and then he could get paid, and he's got the potential of somebody like that along with a few of these other names on this list. So I guess we could keep diving into some of these. Sure. Names. Yeah. Um, one I think you were uh, kind of keen on was the twins letting go of Eddie Rosario. Or is that yes. Brendan that was Eddie Rosario? It was both of us. <laughs> we were talking about it. Yeah. I honestly love that idea. He gives you a solid outfielder and he really could get thrown into being like with that, the, the current mold that we have and be four outfielders on a rotation with a DH spot. Mm-hmm. And that would really be a hell of a potential for offense and defense with that quadrant of players. And I think that would really fit the Blue Jays, what they're trying to do with having all this weird flexibility with everybody. Do you think this would cost you a pretty decent uh, amount of salary? Because we're talking about someone that's still kind of young. I think unlike the Franco deal, this will probably be maybe a two in in an extra year contract. I think he's going to command a little bit more. Yeah, and I, I have a strange feeling that he'll command at least a two-year. And yeah. honestly, I think that what it will take to get him will have in some kind of a mutual option for that third year, at least. Right, right. If not a player option, to let him bet on himself a little bit. So, I, he's, I mean, he's too young to have some kind of a weird vesting thing. And right. he's played really well up into this COVID season. I really don't see how he wouldn't command by any major league team baseball looking for an outfielder. He really Where are you he putting him? He's a corner outfielder to me. I really think he can play center field, but I, like I said, I think it's one of those things that you don't move Gritchick, you don't move anybody in our outfield. You keep all that, you keep Rosario, and you're going to have to be rotating those guys in and out of the DH spot. Because in my opinion, I don't think Gritchick's a center fielder either. No, I, I agree. Him, I yeah, him and Rosario are kind of actually the same player, but Rosario has the ability to possibly bat 300 in a season. So he has better bat to ball skills. But do you think that that would be a uh, sort of a way to dissuade him from signing with Toronto? Because you got to believe that he's going to get offers to be an everyday outfielder, right? And I agree with you that he's a natural corner outfielder, but you can't move Gurriel away from left and if you want to have any hope to uh, extend Tay Oscar, you kind of got to yeah. give him what he wants. And if he wants to stay in right field, then your corners are up. So yeah. if he can translate to a center fielder, and this is assuming we don't get Springer, um, sure. But I just don't know that a deal is going to get done because I do see teams sort of saying, no, we'll give you a full-time gig and left. Correct. 
I think it would be a lot of it in the midst of uh, everything going on with Rosario that he would be a contingent move if yeah. we trade somebody. Right. I really think he's in that ballpark. Um, and I think he'd be really solid. I, I think if you got, let's say they did the, the infielder move and got somebody to solidify our infield and you had to trade Grichik as the throw in or somebody from our outfield, you know, platoons and whatnot. Rosario's an instant plug-in, and you're right back where you were. Yeah. And probably even better, because I really think that Rosario's a guy that gets on base better than um, Critchett. But what if, so what if, what if, what if it's Guriel? That scares me all day, every day. I don't yeah. I honestly, I don't think we've even seen the, I think we're, I still think we've only seen Flash, so what Loris, Loris Guriel Jr. can do. I really, really think there's still a lot more potential from him than what we've been seeing. The way he just, the streaks that we have seen from Lourdes, I really think those are the real Lourdes. And I feel like he just has a slump for a day and it's like, oh crap. And then it yeah. lasts for a couple of weeks. And then he's right back to being, oh my God. Love it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I really think that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the next three years, is going to be in the ballpark conversation with one of the best outfielders in baseball. And I hope... Accidentally, too. Yeah, exactly. Full on. Because the only ones that saw this coming were probably people in the Gurriel family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, on the outfield t- conversation, let's say the Rosario thing completely All fizzles true. out. And I'm looking for something else. Or, like we said, we literally just need an outfielder. Or we need a bat. Period. David Dahl was released... Yeah. By the Colorado Rockies. And honestly, I have really enjoyed watching David Dahl play for the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. He screams baller to me. I don't know why. He just puts great, he has solid contact. There's a nice click in his, his swing. I really mm-hmm. think that regardless, if the Blue Jays are looking for an extra bat, and let's say it is just because they, something happens where they, they end up trading like um, Roddy Telez or whatever it might be. And it falls out from trade. I am spending right. whatever I can do to get David Dahl in Toronto. Because in all reality, I know we've been talking George Springer on this show, but he automatically, for the Rockies non-tendering him, probably moves into the top 10 available outfielders right off the bat without even thinking about it. Just like Rosario. Yes. But yes. I, in all reality, the ceiling for David Dahl, I think, is a little higher than uh, Rosario. And he's only 27. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing a three. I'd throw a three-year contract on him right now if we didn't. If we were needing desperately an outfielder, I wouldn't even think about it. I really wouldn't sign him until he's thirty for a decent amount of money and let him play. I'd still put an option there. Just yeah. you want to have some sort of prove it. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely are going to be competing with a lot of other teams um, for his service. But I like the flexibility because I do think that he can he can play. Um, he's not just geared towards one position in the outfield. He can play multiple positions in the outfield, and that gives you a certain level of flexibility that uh, these other players that we're talking about don't necessarily lend you. Uh, I like it in that regard, but again, it just depends on what we're... If we're giving him like a two and an option at, I don't know, what, 30? Yeah. I, I don't... I don't. I think that would be... I think, I think it's, I honestly think his contract would look very similar to what we gave Randall Grichek. I think the ceiling is higher Ooh. with David Dahl. Ooh, that's I that's a little much for me because then we give we gave Randall like a five, didn't we? But it was very front loaded. 
I don't want. I don't want to give him a five though. I don't. But you might I, have I don't, to. I don't, you, I don't think. I don't think you give him the years. I think you can. I think you could get it done with three for that money that you were given Grit Grit Gritch over those three years. I just. I don't think you give him that. I, I think you hold him on until he's thirty, and then you'd be able to get him. And he's still got enough time to resign and do something else with his career if he wants to keep going. Just watching him play in Coors Field, I don't. I, and yes, I said Coors Field. Mm. He looked like he was hitting the ball harder than a lot of the guys on that team. And there's two seasons where he played 77 games and 100 games. That had 273 and 302 with 16 home runs basically in each season. And mm-hmm. his 2019 season, he was an all-star. This guy's on the rise still. 2020, obviously, screwed up everything. And I'm only getting in 24 games and getting hurt. That is an opportunity for the Blue Jays maybe to buy low because of that yeah awesome i don't think it's gonna hinder too much because of the competition that'll all of a sudden line up for david to all but right i just think as far as athleticism goes this is a guy that would be a safe bet for whatever money you end up having to throw at him at the end of the day it's just fucking money <laughs> like whatever exactly. at that point and that's the other thing too because a non-tender there is yeah. no draft pick or anything affiliated with these players that are on this list all of a sudden for free agency. So, right. literally, you just said, throw a brick of money at it, get me a player. It's just money. And worst case scenario, we could just get a DH and get Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. And just watch I literally hit home runs off the freaking flight deck all day, every day. They still have that ball that he hit in the playoffs encapsulated on top of that freaking scoreboard in Fen- or at Wrigley. Yeah. It's just it's like literally in a little globe for the name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a monster home run. The guy does nothing but rake. But on, honestly, with our outfield, he is nothing but a DH in Toronto. And I don't know how much that gets it done for Kyle Schwarber as a blue jay. Yeah, I don't see it. No. Yeah. But, you can catch. <laughs> but if the season started tomorrow and I really wanted a, season, uh, a center fielder, Albert Amora Jr. Yeah. That is a guy that is young, uh, young and on the rise. I really think that we, ha- I don't think the Cubs actually were able to get everything they needed out of him. I really don't. And not to mention mm-hmm. the guy can just run for days and he can get yeah. on base. <laughs> that is the difference of that's like the Blue Jays dumpster diving and finding Devon White. Yeah. You know, I, it's that kind of a mold of player. So but that, and that, that was point, not to put down David White or Devon White with that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But at that point, you got to imagine that Graychuk is on the outs. 100%. He's got to be at that point. So let's talk. If we talk, Is there any other position players you want to touch on real quick, or should we dive into the few pitchers that I think would be, I would assume, in the sights of the drama? No, we can go pitchers. Good. So. Jonathan Holder was one that I thought was very interesting for a team that's going to probably want to add a veteran presence to their bullpen. He's mm-hmm. played really, really well with the Brewers. Um, unfortunately, Corey Knievel already got swept up in literally, what, five minutes, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I thought he was an interesting uh, buy. And then I uh, another couple closers that one we even had Ryan Tapera and then uh, Hansel Robles, I think could fit for the blue Jays bullpen very nicely. And that is way above what we've been doing over the last like decade. It seems like Adam, 
as far as dumpster diving and hoping for the best for our bullpen. That's being able, I think, to throw a moderate amount of money at with a team that has like lack of budget at all right now, or I mean, lack of uh, expenditure. Right. <laughs> um, I something about those guys just stood out to me for a team that's going to be looking for adding around Ryan Baraki K and all these other guys that are probably going to form out our bullpen this year. And for a team that we're kind of right now leaning on the fact that Jordan Romano is going to be healthy enough to run into the closer role is kind of what it seems like right now Yeah. without Ken Giles there. As I, as much as I like Rafael Delis, I think he's going to have to earn that job yes. to be the Blue Jays closer for 2021, regardless of how he basically ran away with that at the end of this past season. What do you um, think? Yeah, I, I look, when it comes to relievers, that's sort of the last thing that I add, only because of how cheap they are and how widely available they are. I don't think any of these guys are going to command a bag, right? And I think I think come closer to spring training or whatever it's going to be, you're going to have largely this list available. Um, would I like Ryan Tapera just for the familiarity? Sure, but I don't think it's going to come He's really that high in demand given the fact that he's 33 um there's a lot of and miles on that arm play last year there you go it's so blowing yeah if it's gonna cost me little money and then i imagine a lot of these relievers would because again you're really just it's a shot in the dark because one year a reliever could be lighting it up the next he falls and flat on his face look at brett cecil so um yeah i i do think they're gonna bring back aj cole i think that was sort of implicit in this um but they just sort of had to make the move uh otherwise yeah. look it, again bullpen to me is a dime a dozen i it, i'm not looking at anyone in particular and saying we need to have this guy archie bradley okay maybe see one you're thinking that would be actually a blue jay closer if you actually were able to sign him because he was not obviously on the free agent market and honestly i think the diamond are not diamondbacks who did he end up going to for the trade deadline they were looking to trade him, and I don't think Cincinnati. they made. Yeah. So, if you if they were not able to trade him before the non-tender date, so some other team could tender mm -hmm. him, is it shocking that you think maybe his price might be a little lower than what everybody thinks? This is a guy that was just more or less dusting people in the desert in uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks and racking up saves like it was. Yeah, because it was his job. Yeah. <laughs> so, he was doing a very good job. Blue Jays need a closer. Maybe this is the veteran guy you bring in, and yeah, lights out. That's all she yeah. wrote. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not outrageous. I just think that this management is more geared towards building that position from within, because again, you have Romano and and Dolis available for that role, and they performed well in it. And I think bringing someone in just to be a closer would be, um, I don't know, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers in that regard. So it, it, w it wouldn't bother me, put it that yeah. way. W would I be upset if they made the move? No, I like the competition. If that solidifies the bullpen and they're confident in that way, sure. Um, but I just don't know that that's a move the management would make. My biggest thing is if I think they ended up bringing in Archie Bradley, I think they're going to be telling him he's going to have to earn a closer spot. Ooh. And I think that won't let him sign <laughs> yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. Because of the fact that, like you said, the Blue Jays do have an internal competition already for that position. And that internal but that internal competition already looks pretty good. Right. We saw what Romano did last year. He didn't get he wasn't able to get back on the field, but what 
when he was, how many innings did he throw out of the bullpen without giving up a run? It was like 20 innings, wasn't it? It was quite a bit, yeah. It was a lot. So you got to think that. I don't think that had anything to do with Major League Baseball not knowing Jordan Romano. We were watching. That that was just nasty. I really think that they're hoping that Jordan Romano runs away with that job, I think, secretly. If not, right off the bat, very soon. Right. So that brings me back to, I think we've seen the best we're going to get out of Rafael Deliz. Which you is think perfectly so. fine. Yeah. I I think the I can't look at the beginning of the season. I think the way he ended twenty twenty is what you will always consistently get out of Rafael Delise. He screams very much to be Jason Frazier to me. Ooh. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah. If he's gonna come out and he might not be lights out every night, but he's gonna get me innings and he's gonna get me out of a ball game. To me, that's not a guy I really want being my closer. Closer, right, yeah. So as much as I loved watching Jason Frazier or even Casey Jan, or, yeah, Casey Jansen first, I almost did the flip of what I used to do and flip him and Danny. Danny, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great pitchers. Great pitchers. Just too much drama around the closing. <laughs> I mean, Casey was a pretty solid closer towards his end out. of the tenure. Yeah. You figure it out. And Delise could very well be that. But right now, if it came down to pure stuff and I've had to choose between those two, I would I'm throw in Romano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then, like you mentioned, we have a few other arms that could eventually contest for that, too. So, Archie Bradley comes in. I don't know if I can just be like, yeah, okay, here you go. You were non-tendered by a team. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And his, uh, he didn't really finish the St. Louis stint there very strong. And I think that was because uh, St. Louis didn't really know how to utilize him properly. That could have been just as much of a fault of the club versus the player. But it was enough to me that, okay, you're in the front running maybe for the closing job. Right. But these two other guys here, they're nipping at your hands. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it's such a shame too because Dolis has the stature of a closer. He's so fucking tall. <laughs> and like he's got to be the intimidating force when you're stepping in to dig in in that batter's box. That's what I'm saying. Especially his arm angle too. He's like throwing a hammer at you. Yeah, remember John Roush? <laughs> oh so God, tall. And you're just saying that because you want to go to the Gibby thing. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Like, I was there during that game. It was nuts. Oh, yeah, dude. Just the, the, the height aspect of it. And so, like, maybe Dolis would be better suited as a as a, um, a setup He'd guy. He'd be a very good setup guy. Yeah. Very, very good. I think that's where it's at. And I was thinking while we were talking. All right. So, if Dolis doesn't work out and say something happens with the Romano, it's a shame that Sean Rifoli doesn't have control. Like he has no control whatsoever because I think because of his just pure fire and heat, he'd make a good closer, but it's just a shame he doesn't have control. I wouldn't be shocked if he follows what Ryan Barucki did this past season. Yeah. In this year or the one right after it. The problem is if it's this year after it, it will not be in a probably in a Toronto uniform. No, but he's got the <laughs> stuff. That's the thing. He's got it. It's just the command issues are just everywhere. Which is hilarious because the game, I, I think I might have saw the best pitch game he had in his career the day after you and I met in person yeah. for the first time in uh, New Hampshire. He threw like a freaking 14 strikeout game yeah. against the freaking Pawtucket Sox. And I was like, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. But then again, the other guy that played really, really well during that game, too, hit two home runs, and I'm slipping on his name. He was a second baseman. Like, I'll have to see if I remember it here in the midst of the conversation. I was live tweet or uh, doing a live feed of it, and I was calling it, and he hit it, cracked the home run. I'll see it's on Twitter. <laughs> and then that was the second home run of the game, I actually. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, let's talk. There's a couple starting pitchers before we. Sure. Yeah. Dust off the whole show here. Jose Urania stuck, stuck out to me. Fits really, really well for the Miami Marlins, but never had that really run away with a starting job kind of thing. But glimpses <laughs> of really, really good high performance. And then Carlos Rodon. How did he yeah. get non 10? This is a guy that was literally like two years ago the, the trade chip in Major League Baseball. And the Cubs took him, right? That's where he was playing. He went across town. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. So, Rodon, to me, just first off, he's a lefty, and he just knows how to get major league hitters out. I just feel like he's a good guy you could bring in this and kick Tan Roark right out of the end of this rotation. Well, at that point, why not? Right? At that, if he's just going to be at at best, at best, he'll be <laughs> what your third, right? He'll be your third outfielder at best. I think that if it's a low-risk move and you're not breaking the bank for them, sure. But again, it, starting pitchers come at a premium, right? And if you're going to have to sort of break the bank for a starting pitcher, especially one that was just non-tendered, I don't know that I'm going to do it. So when it comes to the competitive market, you probably will get outbid. But if you can sort of snag them on a two-year deal just to be it's probably starting off your fourth starter or even fifth if it gets bad, whatever. Fifth starters to me are just whatever. Um, sure, I'm down. Yeah, and I think I'm getting him mixed up with somebody else. But two years ago in 2018, had 120 innings and was pretty solid for the White Sox. So he's a guy that you would be buying low on and hoping to get something out of. But he was very, very highly toted in the White Sox organization going forward and he's only 27 yeah so throw him into the starting pitching competition you know we sound like we don't have enough arms already but this will definitely inject a uh guy that's been there into that equation and yeah make it work so i'm so. saying like at that point you just need the arms and you need the the opportunities and if it's just filler for the end of your rotation sure one that um, I was shocked, and I've, I've seen footage on Jose Urania. I'm, sh- I'm amazed that he just has a, can't get his ERA down. Mm. Throws the ball really, really well. And it's, I know maybe it's just the Miami thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Miami's pretty good this year. And uh, I can't get his stats to come up. What the hell? <laughs> there it is. So he only got into uh, five games and had a 5.4 ERA. But. He's just one of those guys that has the right stuff to me. And back in 2017 and 2018, he was throwing over 150 innings in each game or each season and has sub four ERA. He's a guy that's not too far removed from that. And on the better side of being only 29. So thought it was kind of interesting that he might be another one of those guys to throw into that equation. I think the Blue Jays mantra right now for starting pitching, unless they do get somebody good, collect the arms, throw these guys out there. And, um, I think they'd be able to run away with something pretty well after that. That's what I'm thinking. If it's not going to cost you a lot and you're just going, you're taking these guys just for reclamation projects. 
sure. But I'm not breaking the bank for any of these guys at all. I don't think you would have to. I really don't. Right. And this seems like the good pieces to throw into that conversation. Okay. You know, and not not to mention, we know that at some point Nate Pearson's going to run through this and mm. have a chance to do whatever he needs to do at the major league level. This is the conversation in spring training that you could have a few extra guys and right. maybe, you know, maybe you get, get lightning in the ball. Maybe you find Marco Estrada again, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's the worst give these guys a shot and they have the ceiling to be able to do that. But will they reach it with the time frame you want it is the question. Right. Right. And especially if you're pushing in for a guy like Springer, if you do make that move, uh, you don't have time for reclamation projects at that point. It's either put up or shut up. Go, my friend. Is yeah. there anything you would like to add to this last part of the conversation before we say good evening to the rest of the Blue Jay Nation here and um, wait for next week? Uh, no, no. When it comes to uh, non-tenders, I hope no one's upset about Travis Shaw. I know it's like sort of a, a high-profile name, but without the high-profile production. So otherwise, <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. Uh, the reclamation project there. Yes. Yeah. It was just in Smoke 2.0. That's all it was. Really what it was, and it didn't quite pan out like Justin Smoke. No. So, that being said, I want to give a special thanks and a shout-out to my friend Tom. Um, he's provided us some wonderful music for this wonderful program that we put on here. Uh, we hope you've been enjoying it. We've been getting some positive feedback, and he's been seeing a nice little tick up in his Spotify page. So, there you give go. him an extra list on Spotify is where he posts all his music and his tunes, in addition to obviously being able to hear him on the intro and the outro here on Jaybird Watching. And it's Tom Richards, and the name of the band is the Psycho Moon Project. Yeah. So, your old school rock. He's all got it all for you so anything else no no uh, um good luck to brennan with his personal ventures i'm sure he'll be back next week we hope and hope you're uh, enjoying for your fun yeah hopefully uh witness protection is feeding you um we will not reveal your location but otherwise uh no nah, i'm good man we'll end it like we normally do they're leaving the bleachers behind me yeah. <laughs> so anyway blue jay stands and of course sarah craig borden here and typically, Brandon Panikar, I guess we'll have to give him the uh, hosting spot again next week. That works. That works. <laughs> so, Blue Jays fans, once again, thank you very much for listening, as we do every week. Hit us up on Twitter. Join the conversation. We had a good hundred of you again this evening on our live show. We enjoy having every one of you every evening when we do do these live coins. We'll be back next week, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Until then, find us on Spotify, Apple Play, Apple podcast anywhere yeah. you find me out sorry can't talk apparently good Man. to have your podcast yeah <laughs> so um until then enjoy and have a great evening ready two claps and a rick flair let's go blue jays For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.